last night I had a white claw and I women like that was it one white claw and there was another white claw in the fridge like totally totally there for me to take it I didn't take it It's it's good to not drink all the time, you know. Like you get a you get a nice little break. You you feel healthy. Yeah. And now I'm gonna guzzle a whole bottle of champagne. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I was like, uh, it, it's a healthy balance, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a toxic healthy balance, because I guess healthy would technically be half a bottle, but yeah. Mama ain't raised no pussy. Right? Oh, yeah. I uh, I can't drink a full bottle of wine anymore. I maybe could of champagne, but that's not a good See, idea either. <laughs> I feel like I can't of champagne, but I just did with wine. At the event where I took this bottle of champagne, so hmm. it's honestly probably also half the reason why I acquired this bottle, but... It would have been a waste. I would have opened it, and it was for the whole table, and the whole table was me. <laughs> because, so, I mean, like, I, I, I was already half a bottle of wine deep at that point. wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I did what I think everyone would have wanted, and I took it home, and now I'm going to drink it all by myself on a night where I can actually enjoy it. Hell you know? Yeah. It's what God would have wanted. <laughs> it's what she would have loved, yeah. It's what she it's what my aunt would have wanted. Thank you. Thank you, Aunt. If you're hearing this, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Red Rum and Red Wine Podcast. The podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, mishaps, and the small crimes that we like to commit during our aunt's fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> my name is Kristen. <laughs> And this is... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how I wanted to say it. (laughs) Your name? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think you you say it the one way that it... uh... Well, I don't know if I'm going to be like, it's Sarah, or what up? It's Sarah, or what (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Love it's that me, lava lamp. Sarah. That lava lamp is turned all the way up today, guys. The what? The lovely? The lava. Oh, the, lo- the lava lamp. <laughs> the lava. L- <laughs> Point proven. There we go. That the lovely Sarah. Yeah. That's like the loveliness. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, me. Okay. Droopy droop. Hello. It's Sarah. <laughs> Kristen, you have such a fancy glass there. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Great Gatsby. No, I'm uh, <laughs> champagne. Yum. And so I got my pineapple chunks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your so snack? I snack. Or are you- I got a snack and I got a juice. Because, oh, okay, I get it. I, I, I honestly have not been drinking as much. So the thought of drinking just straight up champagne kind of like scared me a little mm. bit. So I just had to have something to dilute it with. And I didn't have OJ. I had oranges, but the 
thought of hand squeezing an orange <laughs> seemed really, really extra and really difficult. So I saw this can of pineapple chunks. I opened it and I thought one juice to snack. Great. That's brilliant. Wow. What are what are you drinking today? I am drinking my Walmart wine oak leaf. Mm. I'm so excited to try it. I'm nervous for you to try it. I mean, just to see what you'll say. I'm not as picky as you think I am. <laughs> I think I think you forget <laughs> that I like we would literally go and buy like that big ass like Woodbridge yeah. bottle of wine. Like fish. I was there with you. Like come uh, on. True. <laughs> true, true. Uh, I've come a long way, okay? I, I I went I went from drinking the cheap wine to drinking the nice wine to back to drinking the cheap wine again because I'm a broke bitch again. So it's full circle moment. I appreciate the cheap things yeah. once again. You always gotta appreciate where you came from. From the I humbled myself by becoming rebroke. <laughs> so today I actually am returning with a story. It feels like it's been forever since I've gotten to, uh, you know, share a case or a story with y'all. Um, you know, throughout <laughs> throughout Kristen's long story about John's story, yet interesting, yet uh, vile, but. Uh, So we're coming out with this episode to kind of throw something new out there and to give you all a little break maybe from this whole the John story stuff. But you are going to be getting episode four of that soon this weekend, probably. Yeah, sometime this week for sure. I'm not saying a day. I'm not. No, (laughs) it's going to be this week, though. It's happening. Yes. So you're getting three episodes this week, woohoo, and uh, next week is the first episode of the month, and so we are still running with our schedule of releasing a drunk mystery in history during that first week and just that episode, Mm -hmm. so expect that next week as well. And it is also October, so one, if you have anything that you want, special for halloween uh email us let us know if you're lonely and yeah expect some uh a few an episode or two extra it's gonna be good it's gonna be fun it's gonna yes, be halloween we love themed. halloween mm-hmm. i decorated i mean i decorated like a month ago partly and then i kind of finished continued and set everything up today <sighs> it's just the most wonderful time of the year honestly it's the bee's knees gotta enjoy it so expect that expect the drunk mystery in history next week and then expect the end of the story and mm, i i i got a twist that i was not expecting so i know you guys aren't going to be expecting this one either so stay tuned it's coming out this week for sure it's gonna be good it's gonna be great now let's jump into sarah's story does that mean you finished the book oh I, the book did not tell me this. I had to Google and Google, Google upset me. I'm mad at Google right now. We're on a break. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if I really mentioned it a lot or if it made the cut into any episode, but I may have mentioned recently, uh, maybe in like Kristen's 
first part of her John Story case uh, that I was in Colorado a few weeks ago fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was a, you know, beautiful Colorado, obviously in the mountains. And we were fly fishing. And so one day I asked my fishing guide, uh, Patrick was his name, I was like, hey, does any weird shit go on around here? Like, do you have a Sasquatch or, uh, you know, UFOs or anything like that? And he was like, you know, not really any kind of Sasquatch or Bigfoot that I know of, but there's a valley over yonder behind that mountain range that uh, there's a lot of UFO and, like, weird shit goes down over there. And I was like, what? Really? Mm. And, uh... So, of course, I asked him if he had ever seen a UFO or had any kind of extraterrestrial occurrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said no. But and so then I asked I was, one of the other fishing I was guides. waiting for this huge. And I was waiting for you to be like, and that's today's story. <laughs> well, then, yeah, well, kind of. I asked one of the other fishing guides if he had ever seen a UFO or anything kind of just. I, I did not tell them about the podcast. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, sketch them out by asking them all these weird questions. Yeah. But I just kind of, like, slipped in these weird questions here and there. Like, oh, have you seen a UFO? The other fishing guide said no. But I did uh, feel intrigued about this valley over yonder. So that is what our story is about today. Mm. The San Luis Valley. Damn. And to be honest, like, I kind of learned a lot during research for this. Uh, And so I'm going to start off a little, you know, about the valley, geographically speaking, and a little history on it. And then I'll get into, you know, like, the weird shit. Nice. Yas. Let's get into it. Uh, So if I am saying it wrong, I'm so sorry, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure I am. Uh, Anyways. Don't be offended. You know we don't know it. (laughs) Right. The San Luis Valley is a high desert valley that stretches from northern New Mexico to south central Colorado. Mm -hmm. So um, it kind of goes in between two states there. And it spans about 80 miles long and 50 miles wide. So uh, that would make it about 4,000 square feet. And just, I don't know if you care to have, like, a visual picture, but the kind of shape of the valley is almost like a oval, rectangular, like, long rectangular, Mm -hmm. but not in a rectangle. Mm -hmm. I do do appreciate a nice layout, even though I rarely do that in my stories. (laughs) Yeah, just because I will talk about the surroundings a little bit, so just to give you kind of a a picture of what we're dealing with here. Mm Um, so the valley has an average elevation of 7,600 feet, okay. which is about a, over a mile and a half over above sea level. Sorry. <laughs> over, above, over. <laughs> above, uh, over, under. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're up there. And, um, so that's, you know, kind of where it gets its high desert valley name from, mm. or the high part at least. Mm-hmm. It is the largest alpine valley in the world. Oh. And yeah, it is surrounded by lush forest and mountains on all sides. So on the like if you're looking at it on the map on the left side, 
is um, the San Juan National Forest and the Rio Grande National Forest. So it's all like trees and forest land. And then on the right side is the Sangre de Cristos mountain range. (laughs) S-I-N-G-R-E. I'm not even so. (laughs) Apparently, the mountain range on the right side provides like the area up close to the valley is like just this huge wall of rock, and um, so you know you're blocked in, like surrounded by either forest or mountains, and uh, just you know a little history. It was first, the valley was first occupied by the U Indians, among other tribes as well, until they were removed, they were removed from the land in the 1850s. Of course. Of course. The valley was then ceded to the U.S. by Mexico, and that is when Hispanic settlers founded the town of San Luis in 1851. Mm -hmm. Other small towns formed throughout and around the valley with the discovery of gold and silver, of course. But nowadays, the valley is home to um, not a large amount of people. I think I'll get into the... Uh, population in a little bit but you know small towns here and there the great sand dunes national park and preserve of colorado is there which uh, are the highest sand dunes in the world and it's also known as kind of maybe the strangest sand dunes Mm -hmm. just because of the location and um People don't know really how long they've been there. Well, it feels like you already explained, like, four different terrains to me. So I'm like, that's a lot for one little place, it seems like. I'm like, what what, uh, nature-wise is going on that, like, so much is happening in one little spot? It's kind of weird. Right. So, like I mentioned at the top, high desert valley. So um, it does have desert-y areas. Yeah. And, and then a big fucking jungle forest point, <laughs> right next to it. Yeah, and so you can experience very different terrains throughout mm. the valley for sure. Um, but the sand dunes sit about 700 feet above the valley floor, and they span about 50 square miles. Damn. Yeah. The exact age of the sand dunes are unknown, but the, you know quote-unquote official age is a little less than 11,000 years old. Oh my god, what if, like, the aliens brought them over? I know. Well, okay, so this is what kind of I think is cool, because of course the dunes could be older, who knows, but it is said that some of the earliest traces of man in North America can be found within miles of the dunes. Mm. So it's rumored, or, you know, it could be said that human man or woman may have visited the area before the dunes were formed how neat that we find that stuff out you know it like almost makes me want to turn on the history channel and just have it on in the background like so interesting the things that you can learn when you open your ear holes you know (laughs) (laughs) but to me i imagine i 
I don't know why, but I think like to me the sand dunes, how I think that they got there, the aliens came and it was a big mountain, you know, like a big rock formation. And then they took their laser lasers and then they go pew 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 and then it erodes and then it's dust. Sand dunes. Yeah. Okay, so there's um a legitimate theory as to why there could be sand dunes. And I thought I put it in here, but I'm not really... I maybe put it down below somewhere, but I'll say it now. Apparently, the valley used to be a big body of water, like a huge lake. Mm. But when uh, one of the shifts happened 47 million years ago or whatever... It got drained, basically, and the Rio Grande River does run through it, and that's how it got drained. The oh. water just, like, ran out. Um, I think it was, like, I don't remember the name of the shift or, like, I kind of want to say the Continental tectonic Divide, mm -hmm. but uh, it was one of those major earthly happenings, you know, yeah. from way back when. So it was a body of water a long-ass time ago. And so that is, that's why there would maybe be that kind of sediment, sand, dirt yeah, there. that would make a lot of sense. As to how it got into a dune, I don't know. Yeah. Some weird but that's at least, you know, that's why there's that kind of sediment at least. It, but it ex It's not like a, what the fuck, like how did they build the pyramids type of deal, you know? Like you can at least have some theory behind it right but i mean i'll leave that one up to y'all to decide how they got there because honestly there's probably a science behind sand dunes someone and how much, they form someone and much smarter is gonna email us and be like you fools the sand dunes are made this way and it makes perfect sense <laughs> like you uh, and i live next to the dunes well not next to but like three hours away from the dunes oh my fucking god I new mexico i forgot i'm going there <laughs> i just think yeah. i'm like i just think of uh new mexico as just like a little because let's be honest it's right next to texas and your town is like literally two hours away so i just think of it as an extension of texas i kind of forget well that it's it is. it's actually like 30 minutes away or 20 20 minutes away from texas yeah. like the border but from Lubbock, it's two hours away. I found out the other day, fucking, it takes like three hours to go up and down in like uh, the UK. Fucking like three to, like maybe three to even six. I like think by train? Less than six. Or car? Like, I think if you- Probably train. Probably a train, but like, okay, four hours if you fucking take a car to go up and down all of the fucking UK. I'm already- I feel like that one tweet. That's not even halfway through Texas. I know. I feel like that one TikTok thing. Are you are you shitting a dick right now? Are you shitting my on my dick? <laughs> what? How does it go? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you shitting? Kristen's the woke one. Uh, <laughs> I, I I like to stay hip with the teenagers. Are are you shitting a dick right now? Like, are you telling me that it literally takes three hours to get up and down a whole ass continent is that what they're called fuck i'm stupid but like it literally takes almost a country or it's like a continent country country okay I <laughs> say that. i'm keeping it in, oh, but, I'm gonna but it, it. 
It's a part of a continent, though. You're halfway I'm right. halfway there. <laughs> country. Well, because, like, isn't Scotland a country? Scotland's a part of the UK. Scotland's a part of Great Britain. But that's, like, the UK. United Kingdom. Yeah. So the UK, I think, it's is like a Wales, Scotland, Britain, Africa. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> is below it. <laughs> it's its own continent, though, right? <laughs> I'm making. Thank God you said something because now we both look stupid. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. I'm, I don't, hey, I'm right there. I'm yeah. like, you know what? We we do have quite a large. Oh, Simba, Simba, tap my toe. We do have quite a large audience um, in the UK, so I'm sure they're gonna <laughs> know how. Just, I'm sorry, I was born in Texas. I'm sorry, and all we're taught is Texas. We're Americans, <laughs> and we're Texan Americans. I don't know what you were Texan Americans. We're Texan Americans. Okay. The Great Sand Dunes National Park is is also an international dark sky park. Um, which, you know, you have to get, like, certified by the Dark Sky Association or something like that to be an international dark sky park because, you know, you can't have any light pollution. And so um, it's just, they're you know, international dark sky parks are all over. They're just parks that you can go to where if it's a clear night, you're guaranteed star fucking action. So good to know. Throughout the valley, there is a national scenic byway called Los Caminos Antiguos, which is along the old Spanish trail, which was the old trade route back in the settlement days. And it will take you from Alamosa, Colorado to Antonito, Colorado. So it's just a scenic route you can take to see, uh, you know, the mountains, the forests, Mm -hmm. all of that. There are also hot springs throughout the valley, um, or as they're more scientifically called, biothermal pools or waters. Oh, how smart of you. (laughs) So there's also a few hot springs resorts uh, that popped up because of those. And there's also a Colorado Gators Reptile Park, which is able to house what, like... Hundreds of gators year-round because of the warm spring waters. So even throughout the winter, because of the geothermal temperatures, these gators have a home. So just in case you're looking for anything to do throughout the valley, there's a couple of uh, shindigs. Aside from the natural beauty, of course. The valley attracts tourists year-round for things like skiing, hiking, swimming, and ex- just like exploring the wilderness, you know, camping and stuff. But tourists aren't the only visitors that the San Luis Valley has attracted. <laughs> the San Luis Valley has been the home of strange occurrences and paranormal sightings for decades and is described as a magnet for the mysterious. Mm. So although the San Luis Valley is surrounded by mountains and forests, when you're in the valley, uh, it seems like it stretches flat on forever. Like I mentioned, there are small towns throughout, and but 
because of the vastness of the valley, it is really easy to feel or become isolated. You know, everything is spread out very far and think things just aren't close together. So it's really easy to like kind of feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm. The valley has or had a population of 47,000 according to the 2010 census. And that would be equivalent to about five and a half people per square mile. And um, that's not a lot. It amazes <laughs> me that people actually live there, though. I like Right. Isn't this like a... That's like pretty big for a park. Well, it's not a park. It's like a town. But it like... It's, it's a valley. A park. <laughs> okay, I know it's, it's a, like it's not a, a valley park, surrounded like, by national parks. Like, yeah, I'm like I can't imagine some house. I can't like a little suburban area right there. And you're telling me that? Oh, there's not. Oh. There's small towns, and it's a lot of ranching communities. Um, not metropolitan like at all. Um, I'm just like I when to, when you described this, I really, I guess. I know that people live on national parks, but I just think of, like, a national park where it's, like, no one. It's, like... Yeah. Very well, might as well, could Ugh. be. Ugh. And just to put that population... Sorry. <laughs> into perspective, uh, I think I read that Denver, their population equivalent out to, like, almost 5,000 people per square mile. Damn. So... And this is five and a half people. So uh, not only are you easily isolated because of how vast the land is, but also because there just aren't that many people there to begin with. So I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah. So despite the popular recreational activities and areas, it can still feel very empty. And of course, cell phone service is pretty scarce it's not at its best out there or throughout throughout the whole valley there's pretty much zero light pollution even from the small towns so the night skies are superb to say the least i would like love to go stargazing there hell yeah but i guess also equally terrified because (laughs) what if you see something Right. The San Luis Valley is actually one of the darkest places in the country. And, um, of course, this is due to the blockage by the trees and mountains, um, the sanctioned dark skies from the dark sky parks. It's all very protected. And so, as you can imagine, this type of atmosphere causes great potential for some weird shit to go down. So, as I said, the valley has a history of um, all sorts of sightings and occurrences. So, some of the sightings that have taken place include dots of light, light moving in erratic directions and at impossible speeds. Some people describe these lights as being like, some say dots of light, others say that they've seen um, like cigar-shaped lights, so they're almost like long. 
um, that they've seen those moving all crazy. People also see orbs of lights that not only move in erratic directions, but just hover over the mountaintops. Locals call them mystery lights. And uh, the way someone described it was, you know, it's like this orb or ball of light hovering above the mountains. It's obviously not a star, like it doesn't look anything like a star, but they're just these strange balls of light that, um, you know, hover. Yeah, I I appreciate the hard work that they put into the name, the hard work and effort. Mystery lights, yeah. Yeah. People have also claimed to see objects floating in the sky that look like metallic balloons. So I'm like, okay, weather balloons, perhaps. But who knows? Who knows? What? Was it during the hot air balloon festival? I was well, <laughs> when you saw this. How long have the how long have the uh, rumors been going on? Because has when when were hot air balloons invented facts true Mm. someone researched that for us (laughs) um so yeah we'll see that um sightings do date back a long time i'll mention that later and so the earlier sightings could not have been weather balloons but the later ones could very well be and so very well noted hot air balloons is festival (laughs) a couple of hunters reported seeing tall hooded beings near the ute mountain and so i don't know what kind of beings but this experience turned these hunters from being complete skeptics to believers in they probably don't even know what, but they know now, or they believe now that uh, probably extraterrestrials, you know, definitely exist. Could it have... But it just sounds creepy. Could it... Well, when you said hooded creatures, I automatically think of, like, are there um, some kind of, like, rituals going on where people in hoods like <laughs> to gather? <laughs> There could be. I mean, you never know what's going on out there. Well, but I just tall can't... hooded beings. I feel like they could have. But I can't um, imagine an alien wearing a hood. They could have distinguished a human from something else, and that's why it says being is because who knows if it was an alien or fucking and we don't we put, we put aliens into boxes we imagine them as these little green men when in fact they could be these we like have eight no foot idea what they look like yeah scaly purple i don't know like they could could be anything yeah it could don't be, box it could people, be okay? roger from american dad or it could be alien from Alien versus monsters. I mean... Exactly. One of the hunters, Josh Brinkley, said, We're a couple of guys that don't believe in much, but we believe now. So whatever they saw, whatever kind of being it was, definitely triggered their simple-minded beliefs. Uh, So people have also 
reportedly claimed to be abducted throughout the valley over the years. Um, these are several and frequent reports, I guess you could say. Um, one time, a hunter suddenly realized that three hours had passed and he had no memory of what happened. Bro, that's like what I was fucking saying in my national park story. Yeah. Aliens. A truck driver that was driving on one of the highways through or along the valley described how he approached a bright light and then lost four hours (gasps) of a well-logged day. Like, he was having a good on-schedule day. And after this, the truck driver described suffering from claustrophobia and nightmares. That, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm glad that my mom is making me fly to see you because <laughs> I, even though I'm flying like right into Roswell, but I'm, uh, you, you didn't ask. Get a window seat and keep your eye out. No, because I just heard, <laughs> I just heard a story about a window seat and I don't want to oh, sit next. Oh, fine. No, she died. I know, but you know how rare that is? I don't want to take my chances. Your plane is more likely to go down than a window is to bust open and you get sucked out. I'm more likely to uh, to get killed. And it's, rare, and it's not common for a plane to go down. I'm more likely to get killed by a cow, I think. What? A cow. Cows kill a lot of people, actually. Oh, you say killed by a cow? Yeah, killed by a cow. All I heard was cow. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of cows. Oh, no. Do they <laughs> We're going to get into the animal mutilations. Oh, <laughs> um, so, of course, with every, uh, you know, extraterrestrial happening or, you know, co- how do I say this? Along with UFO sightings or any kind of extraterrestrial sighting or occurrence, we always hear about animal mutilations being a part of it. So animal mutilations in the San Luis Valley date back to the 1960s, with mutilations um, being eerily similar to each other throughout the years. Ears, organs, udders genitals and tongues all neatly removed also lack of blood in the body and around it so the mysterious uh you know since it's been happening for decades people call whoever's doing this the phantom surgeons of the plains (laughs) so it's kind of just like a nickname for the that is a mutilations I like that much better than the mysterious sighting. Yeah. I mean, like, that, yeah, that you know, like, whoever made that one, you you need to hire that person, not not the other one, because I doubt that they were the same person. You can clearly tell two very different people <laughs> made those headlines. There's an old local valley tale of a horse named Snippy. Um... 
And I did read somewhere that the horse's name was actually Lady, but it was renamed by the reporter to Snippy, but I don't know how true that is. So we're going with Snippy. Please tell me the horse is okay. No. (laughs) Of course not. Okay. We're talking about animal mutilations. I know. Sorry, but Snippy. You, you said cow, you know, like, I I don't, okay, I'm preparing myself. I know, we're going to get to the cows. The but... tears are here, but, you know, it's fine. I, I don't mean it. Okay, go on. I don't know. Go on. So the tale of Snippy has mm. been passed around for decades, basically ever since um, this occurred. So... Uh, The case of Snippy was actually one of the first reported animal mutilation cases. I'm pretty sure, like, in the U.S. It could have been in the valley. It wasn't really specified, but how they said it... um, Made it seem... Made it seem, like, ever, but who knows. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, So, reportedly, Snippy was found dead in September of 1967... She was laying on her side, and the flesh from her head was stripped to the bone, and it was done in weirdly precise incisions. The area around her body smelled like chemical, and apparently her body was warm to the touch, although she had been dead. So some think Snippy could have easily died from natural causes or natural predators. Uh, But looking a little closer, others think it was definitely something more wicked. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Who, who, who? I need a name. I need names. Well, just wait, because after hearing the next few bullet points. I need what year this is, because I am going to report these people. 1967. I'm going to report these people. Fuck. You know what? I don't want to give part for. <laughs> they may still be kicking. Well, let's see so what I you think, Kristen. Obviously, we already know, but uh, Snippy had been deceased and decaying for some time. But scavenging birds totally avoided the carcass, which is not normal. Okay, but, but the strange, the skin stripped in a certain pattern. You're telling me, and that. And a scavenger bird didn't go near it. So, like, what in the actual fuck? Because not a lion. A lion isn't that precise. You could maybe say a bird, but now you're telling me that the birds won't even go near it? Like, uh-uh. I need I need names. I need ID badges. I need the state. It's Colorado, I know. Now. Yes. I'm. It's all coming back to me. I just need a name. I'm going to report it. This is... This is malpractice. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just people's views and, you know, but okay, no, but get it's this. Someone, it's someone paying All right, Kristen, you're off. just going to get more okay. weirded out after this next bullet point oh, or two. So just, we already know what you think happened. And after these few bullet points, if all you other folks think that this was a natural occurrence or predator, let me know because I'd be interested Please to email hear me why. Counter argument because <laughs> because <laughs> what, what is fuck? super weird is that having a closer look at Snippy, it was noticed that several of her organs had been removed oh with precision. And Snippy, why did her name and spinal this? matter was missing? <gasps> there was a plot of bushes nearby that had been completely flattened to the ground 
and near that were some burn marks on the ground, similar to exhaust marks from, like, a vehicle ship thing. There wasn't any blood on the scene where she was found. I also read that she didn't have any blood in her body, but that wasn't in every source. And then there wasn't any paw prints or track marks within, like, so she in the area. Like plopped there. Obviously, no one really knows what happened, but theories range from alien abduction to secret government projects or even a an unfaithful lightning strike. <laughs> but her name was Snippy and then she gets snipped. <laughs> That's so bad. Like her name had to be Snippy. <laughs> And I'm like, if her name was Lady and the reporter changed it, why? It's because she was fucking snipped, bro. I'm like, oh, that's mean. That's cruel. And if her name wasn't changed, the aliens could, like, telepathically find out her name. They're like, oh, we get the irony in this. Right. So Snippy is kind of, like I said, a local valley tale kind of like uh, a legend it's one that almost everyone who lives there knows about but we'll talk about a few others um in 2009 a man named manuel sanchez was interviewed after some of his cattle were mysterious mutilated mysteriously mutilated manuel was 72 at this point and he had been ranching cattle ranching for a long time uh, his ranch, he actually also grew up on because his father ran it um, when he was a kid. So he, he's seen some shit. He knows how to cattle cattle. <laughs> and so by 72 years old, he's seen cows get killed by mountain lions, coyotes, even thieves. He'd see scavenging birds rip at carcasses. He knew what a normal kind of occurrence where a cow would die and get fed off of yeah. would look like well yeah um, no, it makes he'd sense. seen it all pretty much yeah. after after living life on a ranch like you get used to the yeah and you expect it to a certain point you expect a certain amount of losses you know how it happens you know you start and, to notice uh, the trend and everything Yeah, and so he was well aware of all of the possibilities, basically. But when he had a fourth cow die overnight within, um, it was like a really short span. These four cows died, like, one after another. So after the fourth one died overnight with their innards missing, tongues cut out, udders removed, eyes removed... And the skin from their head. So all four had died with these similar. Oh my god, goosebumps. Uh, mutilations, sorry. So the skin from their head sliced off. He knew an earth roaming predator did not mutilate his cows. An he knew that coyotes couldn't have done this. He He knew. The cuts and incisions on his cows were perfectly made. 
and there weren't any tracks or blood around his cow carcasses. Manuel couldn't say what did this to his cows, but he was left perplexed at if it was a human at who would take random pieces like organs, ears, eyes from the cows, but left perfectly tender meat that someone would normally eat. So he knew that the incisions and stuff could only really be made by with intelligence, but what human in their right mind would Want leave the the food there? So like why those and why cow why i really wonder like why the utter (laughs) well why are aliens so interested in cows it is is it because they it's probably just a part of their religion no they have to do it (laughs) they're probably at first i'm like they're probably like, why do these humans? Because I would have say, like, they're cows, studying them, but... they're learning them, but they've been doing this shit for a long time. There's something special about cows. Maybe it's and... like their animal. Maybe there's something saying. about it's... cows that we don't know that, like, they maybe they're know. sacred or something. Maybe they're like way smarter than we. Man, I should stop eating burgers. <laughs> They just need to stop making them taste so good. Yeah, we're going to eat burgers while you're here. Uh, we're going to sure. eat a fucking steak, man. Let's just be honest. Mm. Yeah. Our grill boy set up. Yep. Tell Blake I want a steak. <laughs> a steak and I'll make my twice baked potatoes. Mm. Ooh, Blake loves those. Oh my god, sorry. Sorry, Moo Moo. It's, it's going to happen. Yay. And I don't know if this makes it any better, but there is a coffee shop here in town that sells local meats because it's a dairy town. So they have local cheeses and meats. That's good stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if New Mexico would be a bad place to get local meats because, you know, maybe they get a little zappy zap from the alien. But (laughs) maybe it will make us smarter and we can finally tell the difference from a country and a continent. Stay tuned after oh we eat th- these after New we Mexico alien cows. steaks. <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll keep, stay tuned. <laughs> Tom Miller, another cattle rancher, was checking on his herd one morning when he came across a deceased calf. <gasps> a baby. Its front legs and torso was gone. <gasps> Its backbone was bare and meatless, still attached to its shattered pelvis, with its hind legs hanging by its hide. But, like, okay, there's no way that, like, you could actually respect this animal in a religion and, like, do that to it. It has to be (laughs) something. It has to be something else. I think it was a mishap, and I'll tell you my theory in a second. But why are they so... so, Why are they so mean to cows, then? Maybe... maybe... No, it's a part of my theory. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's hear it. In a minute. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Tom automatically assumed that a pack of coyotes got to the calf the night before... But when he looked closer at the calf's head, he noticed that its ears had been removed by perfect circular cuts. 
There were no prints, tracks, or blood near the carcass. And Kristen's crying. <laughs> Why do they do that? It's a baby. I don't know any better. It was probably like, oh my god, I'll play with you. After seeing the incision made to remove the ears, Tom knew that coyotes could not have done the damage, or at least the ear part. Um, and at least, and even the whole other, with the front half being missing, the back being, the backbone being bare, he knew that even if it was a pack of coyotes, that they couldn't have done it in one night. Like, they couldn't have done that damage in one night. And the ears could have only been removed like that by a human or some kind of intelligent being. Tom said... If it was done by people, they sure went out of their way to bother and confuse me. Tom's neighbor was a Colorado brand inspector, um, which I didn't look close into that. I'm pretty sure it's like when you brand cows, they inspect the brandings. And I have no idea, but that's what I assume it is. So he came over to examine the deceased calf. And he described how it seemed like the calf had been dropped from a high distance <gasps> because of the shattered pelvis and broken bones. And this is where I'll tell you my theory. I think whoever abducted the cow was trying to place it back on earth and something happened to where instead of gently placing it down, some, some kind of mishap occurred like they, and their shit default or was faulty and the cow went splat no they got like, although there was no blood around so that's even oh, weird but there was probably no blood in the cow to go splat yeah mm-hmm. it was probably like a mishap like me alien version of me they were like hey put this cow down and i was like yeah i got you but i took too big of a hit off the alien bong and i'm like whoops but yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though, is like aliens since the beginning of time, or I guess as humans, when us, we associate aliens since the beginning of time as mutilating cows. And so I'm just like, what, why are they so like, what is it about cows? Because... It's not like we're sim- they're similar to humans because I feel like if that were the case, then they would be abducting monkeys and that would make more sense because like monkeys are out in the middle of the jungle and you can do that and it not take the squirrels. Well, I'm just like out of everything to make it so inconspicuous, like you pick a cow and that's why I'm like, is it because we heard them? Like, next to our farms. I think it's probably because, like, they noticed that we heard them but and then that we aliens, collect them. If aliens are smart enough to, like, suck all the blood out and have all this technological shit to mutilate a cow, then they should be smart enough to understand that, like, we just simply use cows for burgers and milk and, like, cheese. And- yeah, our mutilation of cows is done differently. <laughs> our mutilation is way that. different than your mutilation. Okay, it's way more justifiable. Yeah, I don't think they get that, but <laughs> Me, that's I guess harder. they're trying to figure it out. <laughs> Mike Duran found one of his healthy cows deceased with 
uh, their udder and rear end removed with pristine incisions that he described as like laser cuts. Las Animas County Sheriff's Deputy Derek Navarrete investigated a few of these mutilations um, and he said, We've seen these before and they are all kind of the same. No one has ever explained it. Northern New Mexico has had some of these same cases and in those cases they never got any further than we did. Because remember, the valleys in New Mexico and Colorado... But a lot of what I'll be talking about does take place in Colorado. Um, So that's kind of it for the animal mutilations. Now we're going to go on to the last but not least UFO section. Mm. Pew, pew, pew. Yes, please give me nightmares as I am because I'm watching uh, the new season of American Horror Story. Yes. And there's an alien on the cover, but we have yet to get to the alien part. At least it comes out tonight, I think. Well, yeah, I haven't. I also haven't watched the last episode, so don't give me any spoilers. I'm watching it. It's a treat. Um, After I edit this episode and get it out, hopefully, because it's Tuesday night, hopefully by Wednesday morning, 5 a.m. it will be out. It's Wednesday. Uh, Yes, Thursday. That all made sense. And I had to make sure, though, also, because sometimes I never know. No, yep, nope. I just, days confused, yes. And American Horror Story is my treat, so I haven't, I'm a week behind, don't give me any spoilers. But yeah, there's an alien on the cover, and I'm like, I'm waiting for the part where aliens come in, but I know, I know this that whole it's being first involved. part. Blake and I have been like, okay, when do the aliens come out? Mm-hmm. Like, we're loving this, but when did... Because we assumed it was going to be, like, a mesh. Yeah. When, in because reality, it's, a it's just, mesh, like, two parts. It's a mesh of the... Of the cover of art. the cover right. art. They're kissing. The tongues are swapping. The meshing is being made in a very physical way on the cover art. I expected it to be made in my show. And right now, all I'm getting is I am blonde long hair girl where she's half bald and coming out and realizing that she's not <laughs> talented so you know, uh, me every time i get out of the shower uh, i look out like, oh. <laughs> I, I just if only society would let it be acceptable to go out and eat a squirrel for dinner you know <laughs> until then <laughs> So, obviously, a big one here is unidentified objects or aircrafts. Uh, You know, more modernly, as of recently, I think uh, the whole UFO term, you know, there's UFO and there's UFA, which is unidentified aircraft, um, which is more common. I didn't know the difference. Thank you. Yeah. So, in in these instances... We're mostly going to be saying uh, UFOs yeah. because I guess I no always... one's like, that's an aircraft, but I don't know that kind. <laughs> I always just assumed so. it was UFO because aircraft also falls within object. So in my mind, I'm yeah. like, same thing. Well, I, I think, you know, they, whoever they are, have decided that if it's up in the sky and it's moving around, it's got to be an aircraft. Um but then an object? Because you could see an unidentified object, 
But what is it going to be? It's like a flying object. An aircraft. Can someone please tell us the <laughs> Can someone please email us and tell us the difference between a UFA and a UFO? Thank you. Well, that yeah, I don't know. I uh yeah, I d- <laughs> I'm gonna the whole UFA thing I'm, is newer. Like, like you know how this year the whole reports on UFO sightings were yeah. le- released or whatever, like, even though it wasn't shit. Let's be honest. You could like give your point. I'd be like, yeah, okay. But then in my mind, you're gonna be like, this fucking dumb bitch. It's a UFO. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it doesn't even matter because I'm saying UFO anyways. So it's okay because I uh, love you <laughs> and you're way smarter than me. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, Aww. no, I'm not. <laughs> I got a 68 along with the rest of my class. <laughs> it's okay. UFO we, side. Oh, we all failed the first exam. If you also failed your first exam, cheers. Cheers. Where are you on that bottle, Kristen? Uh, Almost done. About. Uh, I'm about. <laughs> I'm about done. <laughs> What's up? <that? laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I feel like that one TikTok. It's like a <laughs> pretty fun. Okay. I'm pretty I'm pretty glunky. I like want to get glunky tattooed on me somewhere. <laughs> pretty glunky. <laughs> pretty glunky. I'm fine. <laughs> UFO sightings in the San Luis Valley, Luis Valley, have been traced back to the settlement days, back to the 1600s, which is important to note because this is before airplanes and weather balloons and shit existed, on Earth at least. <laughs> so many people have gone to visit San Luis Valley being non-believers or skeptics in extraterrestrial activity but have witnessed some sort of occurrence or sighting, thus changing their views. So um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is the UFO Watchtower. So San Luis Valley is also home to... Is that government funded? Is that what? Is that government funded? No. Okay. I was about to say, bitch. It is not. Not the government admitting that the UF. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Um, it happened so much that they had to provide a fund for it. Love that. <laughs> it's located outside of Hooper, Colorado, um, like just a few miles out. And Hooper, Colorado is a super small town with a population of 105. The UFO Watchtower is a roadside attraction, and it did eventually and is now a landmark. I mean, did eventually become and is now a landmark. It's obviously located in the valley with an area of no light pollution, over 7,600 feet above elevation. It's open year-long to the public for a small fee. I think it's like 2 or $3 to go onto the observation deck. Um, and then there's also like a campground where it's like five or $10 a night or something like that. So the watchtower, uh, is basically just an observation deck, 
that's raised about 10 feet from the ground that gives you a 360 degree view um it's literally it just looks like a raised deck and it has some chairs some lawn chairs beach chairs that you can lay on look up uh there's also kind of on the back side of the deck there's a small dome shaped structure next to it and inside i think that's where the gift shop is because there's a gift shop and the walls are lined with newspaper articles and clippings on ufo sightings or encounters from the area it was founded by judy messaline about 20 years ago So a lot of the articles on the wall, you know, have her in them and are about her. And um, she originally moved to that area, to the Hooper Hooper area in the 90s to raise cattle. And she tried that uh, for a few years, like three or four years, um, and it ended up not working out. So I think she got a job like at a gas station in Hooper and she just kept hearing all of these stories from her neighbors, from the community members about their UFO sightings and all their stories. So when she sold her cattle or after she sold her cattle, she used her land to build the watchtower. And she actually did it kind of as a joke at first because she hadn't had any personal UFO sightings but she was hearing all these stories from her neighbors. So she was like, okay, I'm going to like humor these people and give them a UFO watchtower. But since opening the watchtower, she's had several sightings herself. Um, It's hard to tell since we're in 2021 and a lot of the information is from like 2011, 2013. So the numbers I was given could have very well be doubled now. Um, But she's had like literally, uh, I think like in 2013, she had like about 30 (gasps) personal or like 25. And in 2013, she said that since she had opened the watchtower, uh like in probably around 2000 there have been 60 to 70 reports from the watchtower of sightings so who knows what it's like now um so judy was featured in a 2013 vice documentary called valley of the ufos uh that i watched also for this it's only like 11 minutes long and it briefly just it's mostly focused on the watchtower itself not of san luis valley Mm -hmm. um and then they do feature some employees from the gator place you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of it's kind of interesting to watch um but one sighting she described was that she saw she was you know out there she saw shooting stars so she was like oh, look, a shooting star. And, you know, it was coming down like a shooting star, but then the falling star stopped right above the mountains and hovered for a little bit and then shot right back up into the sky. So, like, as she was telling this, she was like, you know, the shooting star falling, cool, that totally was normal and made sense in my mind. But when it shot back up into the sky, that's when I was like, Okay, not a shooting star. (laughs) 
I just can't imagine, like, actually seeing something like that in the sky and having to justify in your mind, like, okay, I just saw that. It could satellite it. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Not aliens. My eyes would be, like, stuck open. My jaw would be on the floor. I would probably be vibrating. No, straight up denial I would. Straight up denial my mind would be in. No, if I saw that shit, I would be like... You f fucking oh hell yeah! Be like wow, one time Sarah, I saw that shooting star sure is acting strange tonight. One time I thought mm. I saw a UFO when I was driving on the highway, on like the opposite side of me. I'm sure I've told this story before, but I just saw these like three or four lights in a weird ass formation, and I was like, "No way is this happening right here on Highway fucking 70." And then as I got closer to the lights and they drove past me, it was just like four motorcycles, <laughs> like in a weird shape in the two lanes. Well, and I was just like, oh, damn, I was so excited. Once upon a time, Kristen was a real dumbass bitch. And like in middle school, one friend had like a trampoline that if I got on top of, you could like look past her yard and uh, past her yard was like a street like a main street that cars would go up and down on bad explanation but you get the point and there was a street post a lamp post that would have a light and I believed in it so much so I was so confident in myself that I convinced my friends that there was a ghost that would like run back and forth and it was literally the fucking shadow of the fucking light <laughs> post and reflecting off of the cars that would drive back and forth but in my mind I was like oh, it's a ghost and he's trapped <laughs> and oh my god look at him struggling like he just wants to get away <laughs> and it's literally the shadow but I was so I in my heart and my soul, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so special. I can literally see ghosts <laughs> that my friends were like, oh, my God, yeah, I so see it, too. I believe it. I'm like, y'all were terrible fucking friends. You should have told me I was fucking weird. Like, do some light bullying. Make my character a little bit stronger because, wow, I was not prepared for wow. the real world. <laughs> uh Judy also said in the documentary that there was a real estate agency years ago that would make people sign a disclaimer stating that they were aware of the UFO activity in the area when they sold houses, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, she also shares an account of how she saw this large light fly across the sky and then stop and this is one of those cigar-shaped lights that were described, like a mm. horizontal line kind of throughout the sky. And I don't know. Me, I'm like, maybe it was like the, you know, the tail of light, whatever, could make it look long. Who knows? But she said that one flew across the sky and then stopped randomly. And then a second one appeared behind it. And then they both took off. So those are just a few of her, you know, accounts. The the tower went from being a joke kind of to a popular attraction and a hotbed of activity where people go to stargaze from all over the world. Damn, I hope and she I did charging. read What? I hope she started charging. She did. Remember I said it. Oh shit. Sorry. No. Nope. Yep. No. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> 
Sorry. Yes, I remember. Um, <laughs> Sarah, come I, on. I didn't write this down, but it is important. Uh, I did read that a lot of the visitors to the Watchtower are actually members of the military, <gasps> which I thought was interesting. Oh, my God. We it's not go. government funded, but it's oh, it's not only for the military i know but like we'll be a part of that stat you know oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you will be i won't be i'll be the plus Uh, one (laughs) we'll just go to roswell (laughs) (laughs) we'll go to the visitor center (laughs) i'm I'm gonna get some funky alien shit in the airport souvenir shop while i'm there yes so there are some weird Interesting theories about why the Watchtower is kind of a hotspot or magnet for activity. One of these theories is that an alien spaceship is buried a mile underground below the Watchtower, which could, you know, attract energy or occurrences. Who knows? I'm pretty sure this has not been proven. (laughs) Another one is that apparently there are two big vortexes on the east side of the watchtower. Um, So if you don't know, like, vortexes are full of energy and can be openings to parallel universes. So apparently one of the vortexes spins clockwise and the second one spins counterclockwise. And um, so those are kind of theories as to why the watchtower is a hot spot Hmm. and just a cool little thing that i think is cute and really makes the vibe of the watchtower (laughs) is their garden oh that is cute (laughs) except it's not a garden full of flowers it's a garden full of knickknacks and like weird statues it's kind of also known or referred to as the vortex garden i was gonna say vortex garden (laughs) i'm Um, just like when uh when you first said that that wasn't what i was uh originally anticipating like a garden no i was thinking no well because also if you look at pictures or if you go to the watchtower it is in one of those more desert like landscapes (laughs) because it's like sand and dirt um like judy said one of the reasons why cattling didn't work out and why she sold her cattle was because they were just eating a bunch of dirt <laughs> love that love that for their diet yeah. love that for my steak so so it's not a, a flower garden it's full of sculptures and the, they're like kind of weird sculptures and when you look around the garden at first it looks or comes off kind of junky because there's just like a lot of shit everywhere but when you get a closer look at all of the items you'll see that they are definitely random but kind of like weird and special in a way so people just leave behind little traces of themselves like cooking utensils cooking ingredients jewelry books um, toys just literally random shit and um, they do this kind of as a form of respect and appreciation of the unknown. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I dig it. And we may be wondering why there is so much activity in the San Luis Valley. So 
obviously there are darker skies and everything up there is way more visible so there is the possibility of seeing way more shit you know like obviously it's dark as fuck so there's that some people chalk it up to locals and tourists being a little cuckoo and just imagining things okay (laughs) big dumb shaming One theory that I find super interesting is that UFOs actually may be attracted or associated with the geothermal water and pools in the valley and the hot springs. That's interesting. So Judy Messelin, who built the watchtower, uh, claims there's a connection between hot springs and UFO activity, not only in the valley, but all over the world. And so what sparked her kind of theory on this was that she had seen an article in a magazine from Great Britain that claimed most of their UFO sightings were near geothermal pools. Mm. So she was like, holy shit, that totally sparked a light bulb in her because geothermal water runs throughout the valley. And so it totally made sense. Another theory is that UFO activity is related to military presence because a UFO doesn't necessarily have to be extraterrestrial. Um, Even if it's not extraterrestrial, I think the whole military presence could even draw in extraterrestrial stuff. So it could be a little bit of both. Who knows? Um. There's apparently a rumor or some speculation that San Luis Valley has been the home of top-secret military aircraft testing grounds. So, you know, they're testing aircrafts that the public has no idea about, basically. So that could be a cause, of course. But that, I don't think, is really confirmed if there is, like, secret Mm -hmm. testing grounds. Um. This one is kind of (laughs) interesting. Some locals believe that many of the UFO sightings are in fact tied to the military, but not the military from Earth. There's some local lore that there's a secret extraterrestrial military base on the nearby Planka Peak. So it's the peak of one of the nearby mountaintops. It's a a 14,344-foot peak, part of the Sangre de Cristo mountain range, but this has also not been proven or confirmed. The strange sightings and occurrences in the San Luis Valley are left for speculation, but many of its visitors, as I've mentioned, begin skeptics and leave the valley with a more open mind. Um... I'd say the only way to really find out what the hell is going on is to go check it and out for yourself. And let us know what you find out. Go camp, yeah. Go camping at the dunes. Check out the watchtower. If any of y'all have been to the San Luis Valley anywhere, or the watchtower, or the dunes, we would love to hear Please. about your experience. If you had, you know, a weird sighting or occurrence or not, you know, like we'd love to hear about it. Um, Like, how cool would it be if you were literally chilling, soaking in a hot spring, and you saw a fucking UFO? I would glitch, but yeah. (laughs) 
I just, I can't imagine. I know, I know that aliens probably exist, but to actually have one, like, you know, right in front of me in my presence, wow, humble to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to say how you'd act, but I feel like, I mean, I would glitch. I'd freeze and be like, holy shit. And then I'd be like, did you fucking see that? Please tell me you saw that. And then I'd fucking be off the walls and talking about it for the next yeah, 67 yeah. years. Yeah. My my grand, my I'd get locked up probably. definitely feel the genealogical effect of the trauma I felt from witnessing that. <laughs> <laughs> well... That is it for the San Luis Valley. I wanted to, you know, this one was a little, not personal, like I haven't been there, but because I did just hear about it when I was in Colorado, I wanted to do it. And then also it's a little more lighthearted um, to throw in the middle of Kristen's story there. So, oh, yes. Thank you for the fucking nightmares that i will now have um at least they won't be about john's story they will now be about aliens so i guess it's a nice shift but still terrified i feel like looking at the stars (sighs) no now i'm gonna see a satellite and i'm gonna be like it's a fucking alien yeah dude come at me well fuck cheers to the unknown Oh my god, we haven't done cheers in a while. Uh, cheers to me actually <laughs> surviving the cat bite that I got. <laughs> you were going to say morning. drinking a bottle of champagne, weren't you? <laughs> yes, but I said I wouldn't do it and then I didn't. I didn't want to call myself out, but Sarah did it for me, so thank you. I saw you looking uh, at your empty glass. <laughs> I just want to sip more. Oh god, you know what? It was a splash more, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, follow us, be sure to <laughs> give us five stars, give us a rating if you like, it really helps out the show, really bumps up our algorithm and our emotions for the day, and, uh, yeah, TikTok, YouTube, Good Pods, Instagram, Twitter is where you can find us. And we are on Buy Me a Coffee now as well. Yes, as of today, today's National Coffee Day, mm-hmm. actually. So I made our account today. Why not? Buy us a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, whatever you yes. prefer. At R-A-R-W Podcast. And if you're feeling lonely or if you just want to correct everything <laughs> that we have said. Yes. <laughs> red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, we... Cheers, bitches. Bye. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>